Go with me to John chapter 3. We've been talking to you about the concept of the, the wells of life. And for those of you who have not been able to be with this, I want to just point out the, the premise of this is a lot of people get excited about the things of God. They believe in the supernatural and they want to be a, a part of what God's doing. And for literally decades upon decades, we've trained ourselves to think that if we can just get to that church or get to that revival or get to that meeting or get to that minister or get to this location, if we could just get to that well of the blessing of God, then something mighty would happen in us. The Spirit of God is, is moving the body of Christ in the proper biblical direction to understand it's not in a personality or a location or a church or a denomination, but the human being, the believer, is supposed to be the well. Say it with me, I am the well. Come on, say it, I am the well. And so instead of going to someplace, it's about the well moving in a mobile way. And wherever we go, what happens? God confirms his word with signs following. Say it once again, say it, I am the well. So if we're the well, it's important to know exactly what's in that well. Look at somebody and tell them there's something in the water. There's something that you have to understand about the nature of that well that makes everything available to us as believers. You know that uh, no matter what they need out there, out there in the community, in this world, in your, in your family, you know, in the school where you work, everything inside of you is available to meet those needs. And for too long, our eyes have been everywhere but on the biblical model and mandate. So let's talk a little bit about this today. Look at somebody again and tell them there's something in the water. In John chapter 3, verse 1, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a member of the Jewish ruling council, and he came to Jesus at night and said, and that's when Nick at night was formed, right then and there. <laughs> he came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know you're a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform the miraculous signs you're doing if God were not with him. In reply, Jesus declared, I tell you the truth, no one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. Say it with me, you must be born again. Nicodemus struggled with that because he was thinking naturally, but Jesus was trying to bring him into the kingdom of God by understanding it's the new birth. We're born one time naturally, and then we're born a second time as believers by the Spirit of God. Why is this important? Because this is where the well is established inside of you. You and I are, are dead in our sin and trespasses, but because of Christ we're alive, and now we have the capacity to be that well. You don't have that capacity to be the well until you're born again. You can be a reservoir of religion and philosophy and good works and all manner of thoughts, but you can't be a well of the things of the Spirit of God until you're born again. In fact, go over to John chapter 4, and Jesus encountered with a woman at the well, and look with me at verse 11. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, and also his sons and his flocks and herds? Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give him will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give him will become in him a spring of water welling up. To what? 
everlasting life. Look at somebody and tell them, you are the well. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. He told her, Go, call your husband and come back. Now, you just don't decide I'm going to be a well and I'm going to be a Christian and not deal with the sin and compromise in my life. Thank you for your enthusiasm over that revelation. So I'm going to try over here, glory to God. You just don't say, Hey, I'm going to be the well and everything's great. God loves me just the way I am and He doesn't care about what I'm doing. She replied, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, you can tell he's being really gracious right here, can't you? You're right when you say you have no husband. The fact is you've had five husbands and the man you have now is not your husband. What you have said is true. Sir, the woman said, I can see that you're a prophet. (laughs) What else are you going to say at that moment? It's either that or you run fast. (laughs) But she wanted a drink of that well. And my point is, this easy believism that's out there, this you don't have to do anything, say anything, commit to nothing, just live how you want to any lifestyle, and you're welcome in the household of God, the household of faith. No questions asked. God is a tolerant God. I want you to notice before he went any further with the concept of well and the concept of salvation, it was we need to deal with the sin in your life. Raise your hand if you really want to be the well. First step is deal with what? Any sin in your life? And it's not because he won't forgive you. He will, but you repent and you move on. And watch how fast she went from receiving that drink to being that well for others. She goes back into the village. And how many understand she probably wasn't the most stellar citizen in that community? And yet she came in there and she said, come see a man who told me everything I ever did. In fact, she began to evangelize this entire village because she went from receiving what's in the well to becoming that well. Aren't you glad he's no respecter of persons? You say, I don't know if he's got hope for me or not, preacher. I don't know if God could do something like that in my life. You don't know what I've done. You don't know how I've been. Most people in my life, even close friends and family, don't know the extent of how I've crossed the line. Can I tell you something? There is a prostitute and brothel owner in the lineage of Jesus Christ. If Rahab can make it, you can make it. Turn to somebody and tell them there is hope for you. You can make it. Go with me over John chapter 7, and let's talk a little bit more about this well. Poke somebody and tell them there's something in the water. John chapter 7, verse 37, on the last and greatest day of the feast, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, if anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, streams of living water will flow from within him. By this he meant the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were later to receive. Up to that time, the Spirit had not been given since Jesus had not yet been glorified. So you drink of this well, and you drink, and you drink, and you drink, and all of a sudden you are filled, and then you yourself become a spring. This is what it means to receive the immersion in the Holy Spirit or the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And first of all, you have to have the well. You've got to be born again. Say, you must be born again. And notice that you must be thirsty. 
I wish I could tell you that every American in an American church right now is actually thirsty for the things of God, thirsty for the things of the Spirit. But many are content with getting saved and a little dab of religion and a little level of commitment and living their lives the rest of the week how they want to. But this is reserved for people who are thirsty. I can't help myself. Stay thirsty, my friends. <laughs> Come on, say, it. stay thirsty. Stay because if you don't thirst, you won't drink. If you won't drink, you won't be filled. If you don't get filled, you won't spring. And maybe in some time past you were thirsty. Maybe right now the Holy Spirit needs to sprinkle some salt on your tongue. Remind you what it's really all about. This absolutely and emphatically refers to what would happen on the day of Pentecost after Jesus ascended and the Spirit was poured out. To be the well is to be born again. To be the well is to be baptized in the Holy Spirit according to the Scriptures. What's interesting to talk about, and I just want to for a moment here and get you thinking about this, what is in the well? When you think of being immersed in the Holy Spirit, when you think about being a well, what's, what's in there? When you have been born again, when you have received the baptism in the Holy Spirit, which speaks of an immersion in the person of the Holy Spirit, what now is actually in there? Well, I tell you, it's the most amazing thing that you will ever experience. And not so you can have a little badge of honor or somehow stand out from somebody else or think you're better than anyone else. In fact, the influence of the Spirit of God in your life will not make you think better of yourself. It'll make you think better of Jesus and think less of yourself in terms of how often you think of yourself. Selfishness diminished. Amen. Pride diminished. The first thing you have to understand is the person of the Holy Spirit is in that well. Raise your hand if you've experienced the new birth. What a, what a blessing. I mean, how, how can we ever stop celebrating? You're not going to hell. Now, surely on a Sunday morning in Western Kentucky, you can have a smile on your face when you say the words, I'm not going to hell. Because you know what? A lot of people are. Come on, raise your hand if you have experienced the new birth. The Spirit of God is now functioning. The literal person of the Spirit of God is inside of you. Amen. Along with that concept is the knowledge that the blessing and the favor of God literally dwell inside that well. In Galatians 3, 14, the Bible tells us that Jesus redeemed us, dealt with the sin issue. He redeemed us in order that the blessing given to Abraham might come to the Gentiles by faith. You see this. And if the Spirit is in you, the blessing is in you now. That is the power to succeed. We're not succeeding at the level we could. But I got a feeling that y'all are going to crank that up quite a bit. Amen. 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 It is the power to succeed, the power to have victory. In Hebrews 10, the, the scripture calls the spirit, the spirit of grace. 
So grace is on the inside of you now. The force of grace, the force of favor is on your life. Where the blessing is the power to succeed, the enablement to succeed, the favor is the opportunity or the doors to succeed. In the Spirit of God, you have the blessing, the empowerment, and you have the favor, the opportunity. You say, well, then what have I been doing all all my life? What am I doing these years as a Christian? I don't know, but I can tell you this. Once you get this revelation, and remember, we started this little mini-series. It's not going to be so many after a while, but this little (laughs) mini-series telling you that you have to get this by revelation. No preacher can unzip your head and pour it in. You've got to see that you're not just saved and going to heaven. You've got to get past the first grade Sunday school felt bored understanding of who you are. And who you are is a well. And in that well is the blessing and the favor of God, the ability, the power as well as the opportunity to succeed in anything he assigns you to do in any area of life. Yes, spiritually. Yes, ministerially. Yes, but also in everything else you're called and assigned to do. I tell you this, by the Spirit of God, you'd be a lot more effective as parents if you'd start relying on the wisdom and the power of the Holy Spirit. There are a lot of people out there that are influenced by all kinds of voices, but the most powerful voice and the one that knows it all. Timothy used to ask me when he was in grade school and in high school, he would say, how did you know that? It would happen quite a lot, am I right about it, where he would just reveal something. Why? Because he knows Timothy better than anybody knows Timothy. And he knows you better than anybody. Say it with me. The blessing and the favor are in here now. You say, well, something wrong with me if I don't have empowerment, if I'm not walking in favor? There's nothing wrong with you. It's just that you're not making a demand what's on the inside of you or you don't have the revelation that is in there and that God is no respecter of persons. He's going to bless this one. He's going to give favor to that one. I mean, you know, he just doesn't care. He just picks them randomly. No, he favors all that call upon his name. Turn to somebody right now and tell them there's something in the water. Come on, say it. There's something in the water. And it's the person of the Spirit. It's the blessing. It's the favor of God. And it's not coming one day. I believe, I believe, I believe. No, it's here. Go ahead and just touch yourself. It's here now. This is an issue of revelation, amen, understanding, and then walking that out. Thank you, my Father. Go to 1 Corinthians 12. Thank God. Come on, shout it out again. There's something in the water. Verse 1, 
Now about spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be ignorant. This means lacking knowledge, not stupid. You see this? When it comes to the things of the Spirit, we're talking about the need for revelation and understanding, not saying someone is without the ability to comprehend that. It has nothing to do with intelligence. It has everything to do with revelation. Skip on down for time's sake. To verse 7, now to each one of you know, the manifestation of the Spirit, everybody say the Spirit. Spirit. What am I telling you, Pastor? What am I telling you, church? I'm telling you that these right now are in you. And all the Spirit of God has to do is make a demand and make a direction, and you flow in supernatural gifts. Say it with me, the Spirit of God, Spirit. the blessing of God, <laughs> the favor of God. The gifts of the Spirit are in that well. To one is given through the Spirit the message of wisdom. To another, the message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And to still another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of what? The one and the same Spirit, and He gives them to each one just as He determines. And what I have found out is we honor what Paul said and desire spiritual gifts. Amen? What is in you begins to flow. And you say, well, I've been spirit-filled a long time, and God's never done that with me. Again, it's understanding, it's revelation, and it's a simple word called availability as well. Will you allow the Lord to use you in these things? The gifts of the Spirit are in that well. You cannot separate the Spirit from His gifts. Look at somebody say, there's something in you. I can see it in the spirit. A couple of y'all are like volcanoes. You're about to erupt all over the devil. Won't that be wonderful? Go over to Galatians for a moment. Galatians chapter 5. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Say this to me, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, come on, shout it out, love, joy, Peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such there is. Here's a, here's a tip for you. These things aren't coming to you. They're already in there. Well, I just can't love. Yeah, you can if you'll just get out of its way. Well, I can't be in joy until all these things are fixed in my life. That's not how this works. Joy is a function of the presence of the Holy Spirit in your life. I wish I had some peace. You already do. You're just not letting it flow. 
Well, I don't know how to be kind. Yeah, you do. Get out of the Holy Spirit's way. I'm telling you, he's in there. The blessing's in there. Favor's in there. The gifts are in there. And the fruit, what, is in there. Singularly discussed, but actually singularly in terms of its force, they're there. What does that mean for you and for me? It means that there is no scenario where we cannot respond according to the fruit if we'll just allow those things to live large inside of us. They're there. Oh, wish I could accumulate these things. They're there. That's what God's trying to tell you. We've been on this one day in the by and by. Going to have, going to see, going to be here, going to receive. I believe I receive. Guess what? When he moved in, he brought all of his luggage with him. All of it. You can love. And if you'll think about it, every time you have an opportunity to get mouthy and sarcastic, there's a split second for you to either let your flesh rule or yield to the Spirit of God on the inside of you. And He would never do anything but manifest in love. But you have to cooperate. He's not going to force you to release what's on the inside of you. If you desire to keep that well capped up, that's up to you. I know about you, but I'm going to uncap mine. Amen. Come on, tell somebody, I'm going to uncap the well like never before. It's an adventurous life. Life in the Spirit. Not just, I repented, I'm saved, and I'm going to go to potlucks until Jesus comes and then die and go to heaven. There's supposed to be more to your Christian life than the sacrifice of chickens in this world. More chickens have sacrificed their lives for the gospel than any other bird. But to walk around, the blessings in me, the favors in me, the fruits in me, the gifts are in me. Amen. The spirit is in me. Walking around defeated and dejected, as Tim talked about, discouraged, when everything you need to overcome, everything thrown at you is already on the inside of you. That by revelation. Come on, shout it out. Everything, Everything. I, need I need to overcome, to overcome. Anything, anything thrown at me thrown is already on the inside. Well, if I could just, you know, have another 20 years to develop, then maybe. Another five years of your sermons, maybe. If I could just have another 45-part sermon series, and maybe it'll get there. You're missing the point. It's already there. Preachers can't put it there. Men can't deposit there. The denominations can't do it. Jesus did it through the Spirit of God. It's there now, right now. All we do is help you have revelation to understand the nature of what has been done. This was settled long before you and I ever graced this earth. But when you got born again, brother and sister, it was a big deal. I said it was a big deal. In fact, it was the biggest deal you'll ever know in the history of your existence. And then he comes by the person of the Spirit. He goes up and sends the Spirit of God down. And boom! Everything, everything we need is on the inside. I don't think we have any idea how much he loves us and is for us. Hallelujah. 
Every one of these, they're called forces of the born-again spirit, are available anytime, day or night, you need them. And there are times that things happen that are out of your control, and all you can do is choose to respond the way the Spirit of God would direct you, or you can respond in the flesh. But I'm telling you, you have the ability to 100% of the time respond correctly. In faith, in peace, in joy, in victory, in kindness, in gentleness. Say it with me. It's all in there. Pastor, if I I just need to learn some self-control, you know. You don't need to learn self-control. Self-control is already in there. You just need to start yielding to it. You'll find that with every temptation is the voice of the Spirit of God telling you, do this, not that. Stop this. Go over here. We just have to start redirecting our focus and pay attention, not to the loudest screaming voice, but that soft inner voice of the Spirit of God who abides. We mistake in the fact that he's a gentleman, and everybody say he is. Um, he is very, very kind and gracious, and he, he's, he's not going to tackle you to make you do something. Do not mistake his nature of gentleness for a spirit that has no power. Amen. Thank you, Father. Go over to Isaiah 11. Turn to somebody and say, there's something in that water. There's something in the water. What's in that water? The Holy Spirit. What's in that water? The blessing and favor of God. What's in that water? The gifts of the Spirit. What's in that water? The fruit of the Spirit. What's in that water? The sevenfold Spirit. Isaiah 11, verse 1, A shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse. From his roots a branch will bear fruit. You know, they thought that... uh, this is cut off, but how many understand that uh, nothing's ever dead in the plan of God? And he goes on to talk about the nature of that root. The Spirit of the Lord will rest on him. It's a scripture you want to mark, particularly in, in the time of discussing the well and the nature of the well. The Spirit of the Lord will rest on him. The Spirit of wisdom and of understanding. I'll explain these in a moment the spirit of counsel and of power, the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord, and he will delight in the fear of the Lord. Now, whatever nature of the Spirit of God is manifested in the life and example of Jesus, there is not two Holy Spirits, there's one. So whatever is associated with his person, it's associated with you. If that is the way the head operates, then that's the way the body operates. And you and I have that same sevenfold spirit inside of us. Don't I have to wait until a pastor preaches another series on the sevenfold spirit? When he gets done with the seventh part, then I can have the sevenfold spirit inside of me. It's in there now. This is the enablement of the spirit is in the well now. The Spirit of the Lord refers to 
the permanence of the deposit. Listen very carefully. Jesus had the Spirit of the Lord full and permanent. Say it with me, full and permanent. In the days of Elijah and Elisha and Moses and David, the Spirit would come on them, but it would not be permanent. And it would not be in fullness. Now I want you just to think for a moment of a temporary partial endowment of Elijah and what he did with it. A temporary and a partial endowment in what Elisha did with it. A temporary and a partial endowment in what Joshua did with it. A temp, you know, temporary and a partial endowment what David did with it. And then to know today, through the Lord, you and I don't have a partial or temporary. We have a full and permanent. We want to say it full, full and permanent, permanent right now. Well, I don't feel very full. I don't feel very permanent. I'm not asking you how you feel. Well, I don't deserve it. I'm not asking you what you deserve. You don't deserve any of it. Remember, it's the spirit of grace. But it's there. What's on you is permanent. You are permanently filled. You are permanently graced. You are fully filled and fully graced. And you will always be. Now, you may not get around to ever, you know, drawing out what's on the inside of you, but you are being told, and I pray by revelation you get it, you're being told that it's all in there right now. Not when you die and get resurrected, not when you go to heaven, but right now it's in you. Come on, say it. Full, 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 full. and permanent. Watch this. The gifts, not permanent. The Spirit, permanent. The Spirit of the Lord, the Spirit of wisdom, this means applied knowledge that leads to victory. No matter what's coming against you, by the Spirit of God, there will always be the knowledge on the inside of you for victory. We don't pick the songs. I don't get up liturgically and say, well, this is the third Sunday of the, you know, the fifth month and we're going to do this according to the book. But it always does stun me and just encourage me when the Spirit of God, by His direction, picks out songs to remind the church. Amen? On the inside of you is all of the knowledge, that wisdom you need, that knowledge you need to actually bring victory. It's called the spirit of understanding. That means truth from falsehood, right from wrong, knowing the end from the beginning, the big picture. Say it with me. Truth from falsehood, right from wrong. You don't think Christians need this operating right now in their lives? Not one day it'll come in here. It's in here now. And I don't care what you hear somebody say that something that is right is wrong or wrong is right. You're going to know because the spirit of truth is there on the inside of you. Hallelujah. Where? Right now. You have the ability to know what is right and what is wrong. And can I tell you something just for the record? Just for the record, 
Not everything that you say or believe as a Christian is a conspiracy theory. The Spirit of God will show you there are things out there designed to steal and kill and destroy. And the Spirit of God doesn't make any mistakes. You need to know right from wrong. Your kids need to know right from wrong. But one day after I'm in church 50 years, I'll start to learn how to discern between right and wrong. No, he's in there right now. The spirit of counsel, that's the ability to make right decisions and solve problems and create strategy, giving you supernatural intelligence to win the war. Amen? Honestly, who here has watched The Godfather ever? A couple of you. A couple of you don't want to admit it. You just <laughs> In the mob, there's a thing called a wartime consulary. And it's a counselor to help you win a war against the rival gang or family. The Spirit of God is that influence in your life that is able to give you the tools you need to win every time. Look at somebody and tell them every time. To give you decisions, solve problems, create strategy. It's a spirit of power, power to carry out the decisions and win the battle. It's great you know what to do, but the Spirit of God gives you the power to do it. You can have a great plan on paper, but if you don't have the power to carry it out, it's not going to do you any good. Say, I have the power. The spirit of power. The spirit of knowledge refers to the knowledge of the character, nature, and will of God in all areas of, of, of life so you can have confidence in the will of God. That's how we know the nature of God is what? Good. By the spirit of God that's on the inside of us. Amen? Say it with me. It's there right now. Say it. It's there right now. Say I know his nature and his character and his will. Christians all over the world, I want to know what the will of God is. I wonder, I wonder, I wonder, I wonder, I wonder, I wonder, I wonder. And guess what? The deposit to know the will of God every single time is already in you. So you go out taking a poll and you go out starting and stopping and trying and failing. And all the time the Spirit of God knows exactly what you're supposed to do. And he's not out there. He's right in We've trained ourselves to listen to everything else except for the one that dwells on the inside of us. You'll hear a voice behind you. The word says, this is the way. Walk ye in it. When is that going to get in me, pastor? It's in you. If you're born again in spirit filled, guess what? Hallelujah. Do you think we need the sevenfold spirit right now in this crazy world? Praise the Lord if you think we need this sevenfold spirit. Isn't that great? Praise the Lord. Well, I got good news. You do. You have it. Some of y'all more interested in what CNN says. MSNB vomit. Amen. Spew tooth. And fake book. Bill calls it two Facebook. I mean, you're scrolling, scrolling, scrolling for hours when everything you need is where? It's already on the inside. Looking for something. Look, what, what, exactly what are you scrolling for anywhere? What, what are you looking for? I mean, what is so fascinating? I mean, some of these people just tickle me. 
We got up and ate a waffle with syrup. We drove across town, got stuck in traffic, going to Texas Roadhouse for dinner. We will be in Florida for five days. What are you doing? Someone's going to rob your house because you told them your whole itinerary. Are you stupid? (laughs) Moving right along, hallelujah. Spirit of knowledge of the character and the will of God already in you. The spirit of the fear of the Lord is that seventh aspect. And this means a heightened reverence, respect, and love of God so much that you obey the known will of God. It's great if you know by the spirit the will of God, you've got to have the resolve to fear the Lord enough to actually do it. And the scripture says that our Lord delights in that kind of honor and respect. And guess what? That's on the inside of you. I wish I had that kind of reverence and respect and fear for the Lord. I wish I had enough reverence to honor him and obey him. It's in there. You just need to yield to it. Come on, say it with me. The Spirit of God, the blessing of God, the favor of God, the gifts of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit, the sevenfold Spirit is in me now. Come on, by the, by the Spirit, get this. Get this. Get this. Let him talk to you right now. The Holy Spirit, the blessing of God, the favor of God. Are you here today? The gifts of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit, the sevenfold Spirit in you right now. Poke somebody and tell them there's something in the water. You know, I know when you go some places and you say that, that's not a positive thing. There's something in the water. But in this case, guess what? There's something in the water. You know, everything about everything is in you. But being trained to Run to this revival and run to that preacher and run to this magazine and run over here because something great's happening there. You've been trained that everything that you need is external to you. And it's not the world that's done that. No, my brothers and sisters, the church has done that. So it may take some time to reprogram the external living Christian to realize that everything you need for victory is on the inside of you by the Spirit of God, and not only for you, for those around you. That's what he's talking about. When you go to Kroger, you're the well. When you go to Walmart, you better be the well. You go to Dollar General, all 15 of them in the era. Be the well. Just go from Dollar General to Dollar General and be the well. You go to a restaurant, be the well. You go to church, be the well. You go to school, be the well. You go to work, be the well. It's all there. I hope you get something good at church so I can be inspired and not be depressed this week. Can you see how we have made people dependent instead of what? Free? Bible says whom the Son sets free is free indeed. The Bible tells us that we have been called to freedom. Don't let yourself be entangled again in a yoke of bondage and we've got a religious little octopus hanging around our necks. Amen. Say me, I'm the well. And the Spirit of God. 
is in me. Somehow, Paul got revelation of the tendency, and go to Galatians 3. Look at somebody and tell them, I'm marching out of this church today with revelation of what's in me. Come on, say it. There's something in the water. I was telling this story the other day that uh, I found out even before I'd committed my life to Christ just watching my uh, crazy sister. And uh, we were living in Carbondale, Illinois at the time, and she had uh, recently sold out to the Lord. Um, she received the baptism in the Holy Spirit, if I remember the story right, through a lady on the telephone who was a leader in the Women's Globe Movement in Houston, Texas. <clears throat> and a spirit-filled ladies organization. You can think about the Full Gospel Businessmen's Fellowship as a, a kind of a counterpoint to that. But the point is that she, she gave her life back over to the Lord, baptized in the Holy Ghost, and she came back to Carbondale, uh, I won't say dramatically different, I mean just radically different. That's what happens when the Holy Ghost gets a hold of somebody. And they yield to it. And uh, she was so different. And one of the reasons I want you to be here next week is I, I want you to allow this man of God the privilege of laying hands on you. If you either need to be filled or refilled. Uh, we're going to do things in this season the way God, God directs. But I, uh, she was, I remember she was so, so, so different than when she left. My brother told me, he said, I, I think she's run off and joined a cult. He's the, he's the funny one of the family. Um, And I thought, no, I don't think she's run off. You know, it, what, it, what it was is we had uh, suddenly go to meet in religion. And she had the real thing. And next to Sunday go to meet in religion, it looked like she was in a cult because it was real. That's, that's always how the real deal looks to religion. About six months later, I joined the same cult. <laughs> True, yeah. But she says to me on this trip, I've lost my contact. And back then, these were very expensive contacts. I mean, they're not real cheap now, but I mean, they're really, really, uh, you know, quite a piece of change. And, and I said, uh, okay, you know, and so my thinking is, we'll just go buy some more. And she's like, well, I, I think I lost it in the trash can. And I think it's in one of those three or four garbage bags out there in the back. We've taken all the garbage, been sitting there all week. And I'm thinking to myself, what for are you talking about, crazy woman? What, <laughs> what you fixing to get me involved in here? <laughs> and she says, come on. And I thought, well, this will be a good story no matter what. So she rips open the first bag. She goes, no, it's not in there. I said, what are you talking about? And she goes, the Holy Spirit's going to show me exactly where that is. She began to pray in the Holy Ghost. And she said, the Spirit of God is going to show me exactly where that contact is. Now, we are talking about the second or third bag. She rips it open. She goes, I believe it's in this one. And I'm talking coffee grounds and eggshells and nastiness everywhere. She's prayed in the Holy Ghost. And my eyes are big as saucers at this point. I'm just thinking... 
they're coming to take her away. Hee hee, ha ha, hee hee, ho ho. And, uh, and all of a sudden, she looks particularly at this one half of an eggshell. She goes, there it is. And she scoops it out of the shell, pops it in her mouth to clean it off, and then pops it back in her eye. True story. <laughs> and I'm thinking myself, in retrospect, if the Holy Ghost can find a contact, a single contact, out of three or four bags of garbage, among coffee grounds and eggshells and all manner of trash, can he not do something for you today? I said, can he not do something for you today? Well, I just need Tammy to come help me find my contact. No, you're missing the point. The same Holy Ghost that's in her is in you. There's not two or three or four or five versions and grades. There's just one. And the Spirit is in you. I said the Spirit of God is in you. The blessing's in you. The favor is in you. Are you here today? The gifts and the fruit and the sevenfold Spirit are in you. They're in you. Right now. Say it, I'm the well. Say it, I'm the well. The night in June 3rd, 1982, when she laid hands on me, about midnight, you say, well, why did it take so long? Because there's always the issue of believing. Somebody asked John Osteen one time, how come it seems so many people receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit after midnight rather than before? And he said, that's simple. They believe after midnight. <laughs> and, <laughs> and that was me. She said, you want to know more about this? I said, yes. She gave me uh, my favorite little booklet called Receive You the Holy Spirit. John Osteen wrote this years ago. And in a little blue book, just real quick to read, I sat down at the dinner table and I, I read this book. Um, and um, he talked about being raised denominationally because some of y'all think that this is a charismatic thing, a Pentecostal thing. Uh, ours is a Lutheran thing. And... Uh, and he, of course, was, uh, was Southern Baptist and responsible for seeing thousands, thousands come in to the baptism of the Holy Spirit before he went on home to glory. But he wrote that book and he began to tell this story about a man that longed to come over to the United States and he saved up all of his money and he bought a ticket and he got on the steamer and he was so excited he didn't care that he had limited belongings. He just wanted to come to this land of opportunity and so he would sit there and about mealtime, he'd go and he'd get his little, you know, brown paper bag of cheese and crackers while everybody else was dining, you know, in style and eating all the choices of food. But in his mind, he bought a ticket and all he could afford was the ticket, but he was so happy to be there. He's sitting there in the corner just eating his cheese and crackers. This went on for several days, you know, it's a long trip overseas. Finally, a steward comes and says, you know, well, what are you doing? He goes, well, I didn't have any money to pay for the meals that go with the trip. All I had money to pay for was passage on the ship. And the steward says, didn't you know that when you, made, you paid for your ticket, all the meals were included? I'm telling you the same thing. It's all included. There is no a la carte here. Uh, I'll have his piece, but I don't want that tongue stuff. Huh? Maybe a little miracle working power, but I want to hold on to be mean if I want to. Look at somebody and say, there's no a la carte. And I read that little booklet. 
and the hungrier I got, and the thirstier I got. And she came back and said, would you like me to pray for you? I said, absolutely. And she laid hands on me, and nothing happened. I said, what meaneth this? And then that same finger she used to grab that contact out of that eggshell, she pointed that bony finger at me, and it's like this. And she said, you've got bitterness towards the Lord about X, Y, Z. And I said, yep. I started just crying like a baby. And she pointed that finger at me, and she goes, now, you want to repent of that? And I say, I repent of that. I repented of that in all genuineness and authenticity. She laid her hands back on me, and the power of God hit me, and I started speaking in tongues like a little Japanese kid. And for a solid two years, I had been sick, uh, mononucleosis, Epstein-Barr virus, repeated infections, a big battle, relapsed after about six months because they put me back on the water when I was a swimmer too quickly. And for that entire time, I was sick. Do you know from the time of that baptism, I never had another symptom associated with Epstein-Barr. To this day, I have not had a symptom associated with Epstein-Barr. You say, why? I'm going to tell you why. Because the baptizer was inside of me. And the same person that's the baptizer is the healer that's moving around this world right now and restoring life. Look at somebody and say, no, a la carte. Who, who, who is the one that came up with the idea that I can have this, this, and this, but I can't have that, that, or that? We did. Everything, his blessing, his favor, his gifts, amen, his fruit, his power, the sevenfold, all of it. You know, no, no need to worry about will I get something from God or will I have something from God. All you need to do is become a well mentality and all that will flow in you and it will flow through you. You'll touch others, but it will also touch you on the way out. Right. Hallelujah. Look at somebody and tell them God's moving us. Come on, tell us God's moving us. It's all in here. I thank God it is. Amen. He can tell you how to stay out of trouble. He can tell you how to protect your family. He can tell you how to believe God for something. He can tell you about something as simple as how to fix something in your house. He can tell you where a contact is. Amen. I, you know, got a lot of experience, not with contacts, but with checkbooks and reading glasses. And not my own. Mark Randall used to buy reading glasses at the dollar store by the pack. And there's a reason for that. Because they were left all over creation. I'm thankful he doesn't need them anymore in heaven because he would lose them there probably if he had them. And it didn't make a difference where we went. I'm telling you, he would lose the checkbook. We go up to, you know, Kentucky Dan Village to eat dinner and boom, all of a sudden the checkbook's gone. Sometimes I think he did that on purpose, so I'd have to pay. <laughs> I, just, I just had a revelation. <laughs> and I mean, three, four, five days later, some business would call. I mean, at the gas station, at the restaurant, everywhere, everywhere. And more often than not, more often than not, just simply ask Holy Ghost, where is that checkbook? I think sometimes the Holy Ghost wanted to say, again? <laughs> Can you just not give me something else just for, for you know, sheer creativity and innovation here? Something else besides a checkbook? 
One time somebody uh, stole a car. And the first thing he did was prayed over that thing and demanded the return of that property. And he prayed in front of a college student who, uh, who also was a part of our church on 16th and Glendale. And uh, he led worship in Chi Alpha and college ministry. And he led worship sometimes in church. And he uh, teaches uh, in Kentucky. He's an administrator in the school systems. An awful, awesome young, uh, young man then and great man now. And he, uh, he just looked at Mark like he was crazy. Yeah, you're going to get this car back. Sure. So he said, well, you know what? We're going, we're going to believe God, and you're going to see God do a miracle. Where, where would he have that confidence from? He knew it was on the inside. <laughs> I don't know, Susan, if you remember this story or not, but you know who it is too, don't you? You know, it's Cookie, yeah. And uh, so he prayed, and his eyes were like mine, you know, over that contact. And a few days later, the authorities got a hold of Mark, said, we found the car. Make arrangements to come get it. He does all things well. What have you lost? There were stores on the inside of you as well. So here's what's happened. We've gone from, in the early church, being people aware of everything that's in us, to shifting our focus and our dependence elsewhere. And then getting dependent on people and services and churches and revivals and personalities instead of having revelation of what's in us. And Paul somehow by the Spirit of God knew that and he addressed it. I want you to see this in Galatians chapter 3. Galatians chapter 3. Verse 3. Are you so foolish after beginning with the Spirit? Are you now trying to attain your goal by human effort? Have you suffered so much for nothing, if it really was for nothing? Does God give you his spirit and work miracles among you because you observe the law, because you believe what you heard? Look, church, we're not supposed to begin this thing in the spirit and then turn to the flesh. Can you hear what the Holy Ghost is saying? The church, capital C, has turned from the spirit to the flesh, and the spirit of God is turning us back to him. How many will raise your hand and say, I'm going? Come on, say it. Everything I need. Everybody, come on, say it. Everything I need. Come on, stand to your feet and shout it out. Everything. Come on, everybody. Everything I need is inside of me by the Spirit of God. I have the Holy Ghost. I have blessing and favor. I have the gifts of the Spirit. I have the fruit of the Spirit. I have the sevenfold spirit. Everything is in me. I am the well. 